Hey guys, welcome back to Tiffany Tune Up, podcast in which you guys allow me to be in the midst of doing my laundry whilst being gracious enough to um, listen to me, possibly hearing me fold jeans or anything weird like that, but it's cool. I feel like it's cool because I'm every woman, it's all in me. I can't push for that, the rest of that, but y'all get the point. So, welcome back, guys. Um, hit y'all with the weekend recap. It is the week of uh, March 24th. Today is actually the 25th. It's Monday. Getting an early recording in so that I can be ready for you guys on Wednesday because who knows what the rest of the week holds because I... I'm doing laundry in lieu of me not being an adult the way I should have over the weekend. Which, to be fair, I did, you know, clean my house for the most part. You know, the important rooms anyway, the bathroom, the kitchen, you know, the rooms that you cannot walk past without feeling away if they're not in order. Um, So I did do that, but I definitely neglected laundry. And if my job expects me to show up, in an orderly fashion tomorrow, then tonight was the night um, that I was to do that and also um, speak with my tuna corns. It's always a pleasure to um, kick it with you guys. So weekend recap. Friday was a wash, y'all. I wound up working a double shift. So there's that. I have nothing to report. Um, Saturday was fun. I linked up with my uh, one of my good Judy's, EJ, who just got an exciting job offer in Chicago. So congrats to you, my love, which is hilarious because his job offer starts a week before I was supposed to be visiting Chicago. And if that is still the plan, then we already have a set date. I'll be there and I'll just be crashing at your place and you'll be saving me so much money on um, room and board accommodation. So, love you. Uh, we'll see you and congrats on your new gig, sir. Um, so, we went to brunch and we got day drunk, and that was fun. Y'all getting day drunk, I've said this several times. It's so undefeated. Um, it just is because you can still function. Like, if you get day drunk, which is why people love brunch so much because they can kind of get tore up and then still like function and get the kids ready for school um like if you go to brunch in the middle of the day or go to brunch at like 11 or 12 drink all a thousand of your mimosas or whatever drinks that you have come home you know get a great nap in you might wake up around I don't know four-ish five-ish in time to get dinner ready if you smart you put dinner in a crock pot like the night before or like that morning before you went to brunch because you know you're not gonna really be no good but you can wake up out of your slumber real quick get the kids ready um for school those type of things and be good and like still function and then like the next morning you're good as opposed to drinking like at night where you wake up like a zombie and just really don't know your left from your right. So I I am a fan of day drinking so that by the afternoon slash night you'll be fine again. I, it's really science. I mean, it's no debate. So we did that. Um, I had dinner plans with 
my sister, but they fell through. Womp womp. I was sad. Um, but my um, homegirl, Garnet, wound up hitting me up randomly, and we were supposed to go get dessert, which then turned into us eating dinner, which was not the plan. And we visited Savannah Blue, and we do that every time. Like Every time we say we're going to go to get dessert, um, then it turns into dinner. So um, I actually had dinner plans with uh, another person, and I feel bad for canceling, but she knows how I feel about my sister um, and how it's really, really hard for us to kind of link up nowadays. So thank you publicly, ma'am, for allowing me to reschedule our dinner plans, even though um, I wound up not going out with my sister, but um, we were scheduling, so it's fine. Me, you, girl, Lauren, love you, honey, avid listener of my podcast, and um Super talented glassmaker. Just started her own business. Very proud of you, ma'am. Believe it's called The Little Gnome. Correct me if I'm wrong and I'll re-say it on the next show. But um, super proud of you um, because you have been talking about doing it and you're actually doing it. And that's what the hell I'm talking about. Putting your plans into motion. My friends have really been like, Include myself, we have really been on a wave lately of like really going after our dreams and going after our goals. And when the atmosphere shifts like that and when people are on one accord, it just like sparks a fire in in other people and it just like catches on. So I love, love, love that. I'm very excited for my friends and their new journeys and all the blessings that are coming our way. So um, shout out to all you guys. That being said, um, Sunday, I went to see Us uh, by Jordan Peele. So, you can already imagine that I'm about to do a little bit of unpacking of that movie in this show. So, I'm going to forewarn you right now. If you have not seen Us, you might want to go ahead and turn this off um, immediately because there are spoilers. I mean, basically, I'm going to talk about the whole movie. So, it's not so much spoilers as yes I'm going to ruin the movie for you with my own theories and conclusions about what I thought the movie was about and my rating of the movie so if you haven't seen it go ahead and turn this off now and then come back to it when you have and let's chat about it and you will definitely have things to say (laughs) and theories of your own and I would love to hear them so hit me up at uh, Tiffany Tuneup at gmail.com, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-T-U-N-E-U-P, at gmail.com with your theories, your um, thoughts, like whatever you came up with, because I'm definitely going to hit y'all with mine. Um, so I did that Sunday with a group of girls um, from the group that I'm in, the Facebook group I talk about a lot. Um, and uh, we did that. And then we wound up going to a happy hour directly after. Like, I specifically picked this theater because directly across the street, um, there is... So, it's in, uh, y'all don't want me... Okay, I, I don't want to hold it to myself. I don't want to withhold good things from you guys. So, it's <laughs> across from the um, Birmingham 8 on, on Old Woodward in Birmingham, Michigan. Um, like, literally down the street. And, I mean, I walk across the street and two doors down, there's a bar... That bar is called Sidecar Slider Bar, and it has amazing sliders. That's what they're known for. But they also have a bomb-ass happy hour with a bomb-ass old-fashioned that will put you down, honey. A great Moscow mule. They have a few select signature 
drinks on this happy hour menu and well all i'm gonna say is depending on the bartender and most times the bartender is lit you only need one of whatever it is that you order because now i don't understand why i thought i needed two i was done with one and i was eating well um we were definitely done by drink number two all of us were like okay that's it thanks for coming to our ted talk like it, it was bad it was good, but it was best. So everybody was safe. Like, we were all good. Um, we ate. We sat. We made sure we were good to drive and all those things. So um, shout out to the ladies who went to the movies. Um, that was fun. And happy hour was great. And then, you know, <laughs> y'all, I got self-guilted into going to my parents' house um, because I had to kind of pass their way going home. And here's the thing. My parents, although we still live in the same city, like we all live in Detroit, me and my siblings and my parents, um, I live downtown. They live on the east side of the city. So if I don't have a reason to go that way, like I love you, but I'm not coming that way, that includes anybody, friends, foes, pets, parents. If I'm not on your side of town and I don't have a reason, like I have to have a logistical reason. Like, I love you, I can pick up the phone and call you. But most times I need a logistical reason why I need to be on the east side on a Sunday if that was not my plan. Like, if I didn't have other business on that side of town, I'm not going to make a special trip. Even for my parents, I love y'all, but it, I need a reason other than the fact that I love y'all. Um, if I'm not already going to be that way. And then, obviously, if it gets too long, I'll, you know, go over there. I'll make sure we talk at least a couple times a week, but physically see them listen i need a reason to be on that side of town and listen that's just my truth and y'all can judge your mama because i just that's just what it is so that being said i got guilted into going over there one of my nieces was over there and um she's five and listen i don't know if y'all ever try to visit y'all parents my parents don't drink by the way so they're it's a sober house. It's a dry house over there. They don't smoke. They don't do nothing fun. They wouldn't even really, when we were kids, we couldn't even really play, like, cards. Like, we <laughs> like we barely, we had to, like, beg them to let us play, like, Goldfish and Uno. As long as it wasn't, like, a gambling game, they were fine, except for we were fake gambling, and we would gamble with pennies or, like, change, and somehow, some way, we got away with that. But my parents, to, needless to say, they're boring. And so, um, <laughs> I know y'all like, well, where'd you come from? I'm not sure. Jury's still out on that. Um, but going to visit your parents and you're not exactly sober is quite one of the funniest things um, that I've ever done. And I, it's not the first time, but my niece made it super interesting in that she wanted to play tea party. And I was not prepared to be... Um, conscious like I thought I was gonna go over to my parents house and maybe take a nap no we're gonna play tea party per my niece she decided she wanted to bring all her Barbie dolls down including Timmy which was the only male Barbie doll who apparently had a crush on all the girls at the party he was not loyal in the least he definitely switched seats several times per my niece and every time I looked up, he was sitting next to a new girl. And I was like, wow, Timmy's living his best life um, as a black male Barbie. And he really just worked the room. And the ladies just really didn't seem like they had a problem with it. So um, trying to play tea party slash, oh, it was tea party slash restaurant, y'all. 
because there was a whole kitchen set next to the tea party. But my mom, like, really, 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 really laid it out. Like, she has a whole full, like, child size tea set with the whole pot and the plates and the everything. So this is not like no plastic situation. Like, we have glassware. And so I had to attend this party and try to be the best auntie that I could be in my semi-inebriated state. Um, so that was fun um, until it wasn't anymore. But as, as long as she had a good time, listen, I'm over it. Um, it. That was great to spend time with her, see my parents, and then come home and obviously not do laundry, which I'm suffering through now. Um, and speaking of, again, I know y'all sick of hearing about my laundry, but I'll just have a complaint real quick. Um, so my neighbors, all of them, not just my immediate ones, but all the ones apparently in the building, they have caught on to my, I didn't do laundry on Sunday or Saturday when everybody else wants to do laundry. And I'm going to do it randomly in the middle of the week or at the beginning of the week scheme. Cause I know everybody else has done their laundry and that used to work when I first moved in here. But I think everybody caught on like, Oh, if I do it Monday or Tuesday, nobody will be doing laundry. Let me tell y'all something. It was about 10 of us fighting for our life and for our washer. Um, because we all apparently had the same idea about doing laundry now. And I was pretty upset. I'm upset now. Like, I had to wait for a washer, then wait for a dryer. And I, w- I didn't wait long, but the point is my my um, scheme has been unraveled. And so now I have to find a different day um, in which to do my laundry because it's no longer a secret. Like, we're all doing laundry on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, apparently now. Nobody is following the weekend rules anymore, so... My plans have been foiled, so I'll just have to come up with something better. Uh, but in the meantime, I have to suffer through this, so I appreciate y'all for letting me um, vacillate about it. Um, so let's get into it. And I have a I have a couple things to talk about uh, for the Tiffany Two Cent segment, but it really depends on how exhausted I am talking about the one. Um, if I'm going to get deep into the other, but let's go ahead and talk about us. So, um, us Jordan Peele movie. Um, I don't know what people were expecting. I think people were trying to compare it to Get Out, which I don't think is fair, even though it's supposedly the same type of suspense slash horror movie. I'm getting all types of reviews. Everybody has different opinions about the movie there are a lot of people who saying they didn't like it because he promised it was a horror movie but it was also a think piece but so are most of Jordan Peele's things um so far as far as the cinematic things um I think people know him as a comedian or sketch comedian sketch artist um and so when he does these kind of deep think pieces I think people who don't want to think don't like it um, and for me, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to rate it by stars or by number. I'm just going to say I didn't hate it at all. I didn't hate the movie. I liked it in in spite of the fact that I did not understand a lot of the symbolism that was going on. And I'm not as shy to admit that um, I'm one of those people that if I go see a movie that I know is going to require me to think or a movie that has a lot of... Um, hidden messages or for y'all who think y'all woke woke not so hidden messages which y'all gonna stop being fake deep and woke 
y'all gonna stop that and y'all gonna stop shaming people for who didn't get it the very first time some of y'all really enjoy fake pretending or or let's say you by happenstance did understand every single hint or every single thing that he dropped in the movie the very first time oh I get it oh I get it oh he meant this okay come fucking congratulations pat yourself on the back but for the rest of us who may have needed a minute to unpack all that shit or maybe needed a minute to take notes and then go home and digest um leave us alone because I am that person that'll go see a movie not understand something try to digest it myself maybe talk amongst peers and then I will go read the articles that break the movie down or say okay this is what you missed in the movie or da 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 because I don't care because I'm not ashamed because I want to know Especially if I like the movie, I want to know what I missed and I want to be aware and I'm not going to let you clowns uh, shame me or the rest of the people who may have needed a minute or additional assistance or cliff notes to break down. That's what they're for. That's what they're like when you read a book and you might need cliff notes to help you understand further. What is the problem with that? Some of y'all really pride yourself on being assholes. So congratulations. Um, but that being said, let's start at the beginning. So in the beginning, you get, um, this scene, the movie is based in the 80s, um, and the scene where Lupita, which, Lord have mercy, I forget her name, Adelaide, Adeline, (laughs) in the movie, um, is Lupita's character, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and, you get this scene of her as a little girl with her parents. They're at this carnival and she decides she's going to wander off um, somewhere because her parents weren't keeping an eye on her. Even though her mom tried real hard, at some point she had to go to the restroom. The little girl didn't want to go or Adelaide didn't want to go and the dad was buzzing and playing games and really they clearly had marital issues going on and neither of them were interested in being there at all um and neither was the little girl she was just kind of like eh like I feel like this is forced family time so she just started to wander off like forget it um she wanders off and she finds herself in this like forbidden place okay um finds herself in this forbidden place and this house of mirrors okay and then she gets to this house of mirrors she's walking around she's scared but she's still kind of being brave um now she's trying to find her way out once she gets down there and realizes like yikes this is a little creepy then it becomes um a little tricky to get out um and then at some point she runs into her doppelganger a little girl that looks exactly like her and it traumatizes her Um, she finds her way out of there eventually and gets back to her parents. When she does, it creates all these issues, you know, they show scenes where the parents are, you know, talking to the psychologist, trying to get her to talk. She's not really talking. Um, she's not opening up about what happened, what she saw, how she felt, any of that. Um, and so this goes on for a while. So they show that, a little bit of that, and, um... A little bit of what the therapist suggests that they do. Um, and that and that's that. So then it comes to where Adelaide is an adult now. And she's married to Winston Dukes, also who played in Baku and the Black Panther. Um, she's married to him in the movie. And 
they have two children, a girl and a boy. Um, so they have this happy, seemingly happy family. Everything's going well. And, um, yeah, she seems a little reserved, a little overprotective, you know, of her children. There are certain parts where, um, like, they go out, they go on the beach. You know, she's really, really concerned about her kid because of what she had been through when she was little. And that experience, I don't know, she never got over it. Um, well, in the movie, the family winds up, um, visiting back to that area where the, the, everything happened and she gets really nervous. She kind of doesn't really want to be there at all. Um, and she finally confesses to her husband at some point why she doesn't want to be there and what happened to her as a little girl. So apparently she never told him and he keeps insisting that they go on the beach or whatever. Um, and they do, and her son winds up seeing, like, this creepy figure. He draws a picture of it when they get back to the beach house. She asks him, like, who is that? What is that? You know, and, um, like, she knows something weird is going on or something weird is about to happen. And that being said, um, of course, then after that, shortly, lights go out in the house, and lo and behold, the doppelgangers are there to wreak havoc upon the family. Um, And so at this point, havoc is being wreaked. They're basically doing everything they can to mm, torture them in some way. And at some point, they meet face-to-face. They don't harm this family initially. Um, And they sit down they look them eye to eye and it's them looking at them basically and them being kind of their worst fears like for example the little boy he kept saying he had this magic trick that involved this lighter he could never get this lighter to light up well the opposite of him was the little boy who had an obsession with fire and had burnt himself at some point he wore this mask and he kept it covered um then the little girl who was kind of iffy about her career as a track star. She ran track, apparently. So the other little girl opposite of her had no um, fears or no um, qualms about her ability to run. And so (laughs) there was that. Um, Because at some point she chased her throughout the movie. Um, And then there was the dad who was opposite of um, Winston Dukes or Gabe, I think his name was in the movie. Um, and he was kind of just like, mm, there, like he was just kind of like, eh, I'm the dead, but really I'm just kind of here. And then there was the blue Peter's character, um, opposite of her. And what was interesting was she was the only one who could speak English. She was the only one who was speaking and the other ones were kind of communicating with like hand signals and like random noises but couldn't really speak so um at this point I'm, I'll refer to the op- the opposite family or they call themselves the tethered and they are the ones that had on red um so we'll call them the tethered so the tethered mom who was Lupita's opposite began to tell her a story about you know once upon a time there was this little girl and you know she had to live a life opposite of uh Adelaide um, basically like in the shadow of her never really reaching full potential, kind of living in the darkness, 
experiencing some of the same things that she did, but kind of in a bold way. Like she was like, you know, a little girl got toys while her shadow got toys that cut her hands. Like it was crazy. Like it was, it was, it was getting deep to me. And um, basically she was saying like, y'all taking y'all life for granted. We have to like kind of be in this sub world watching y'all basically enjoy all these fruits and we don't get to enjoy them with you guys because there is some force that says we can't. Um, and so we have to be forever doomed to slavery in the tethered world while y'all are up there basically not really enjoying your life for real. And so we're tired of it and I'm staging a revolt because I'm that's what I was sent to do. I'm special. Everybody knows it. And I'm basically the chosen one to start this revolt against you guys. Um, and so basically, like, I want my life. Like, I want the life that I feel like I deserved. And so um, it gets wild a little bit wild after that. And you and you come to find out that not only do they have doppelgangers, but everybody does. So there's just scenes where, you know, people are being chased. They're basically all fighting for their life. Um, things are going on. And then it gets to a couple points where, like, the kids kind of have to be brave. The Dad, unfortunately, he's kind of the weaker vessel. I, I was talking to Cree, my homegirl. I always talk about about this. The dad is kind of the weaker vessel in this situation. Um, so the mom, uh, Adelaide, just takes full control at some point. She's like, "Look, you don't get to make decisions no more. Like I'm in charge, and we're gonna do this as a family. Like we're gonna have to get through this." So um, there are points in which. As far as their doppelgangers, they start getting defeated one by one. You know, the dad defeats the other dad. The daughter defeats the other daughter. And the son lastly defeats the son. But then at the end, um, Lupita does have to, or Adelaide does have to face to face with her doppelganger. And they have this deep, deep dialogue. Now at this point, she's face to face because she's kind of snatched her son from her. Um, and so she has to follow her back to the place where all of this started. And she follows her there. She gets down to wherever she is. And they have this deep conversation. And basically, you come to find out. Now, for me, I don't know about y'all. I'm going to finish up and then I'm going to give y'all all my little theories. So they come to, you know, face to face. They wind up talking. They wind up having this all out drag out battle. Um, and discuss some stuff about, you know, she says some things like, you know, it didn't have to be like this. You know, you could have took me with you, like when you saw me. Um, but since you didn't, it's like you just left me here as if to be like, it made sense for her to just go back to her parents with another girl that looked exactly like her. Like in her mind, that was feasible. <laughs> but like, it was just basically like, why'd you leave me down here? Um, so it got pretty deep. Um, they had an all-out drag-out brawl out, and they wound up uh, fighting, and Adelaide wound up uh, killing uh, the the tethered mom, the red mom, um, and her son uh, wound up witnessing it, basically, um, from wherever he was hiding, and at some point, you know, she convinces him, like, it's okay now, everything's okay, you know, everything's gonna be fine. And they go back to the family where they left them or whatever. And they all kind of basically just kind of drive off 
into the sunset. Like, it's, it was, it's a lot, y'all. It's a lot to unpack. So, you got to see it. You can see what I'm talking about. But um, the Red Mom or the Tethered Mom basically had formed this whole revolt. Like, got all these tethered people together. She had been working on this for years and years and years. She had made this plan. Um... And they are all going to take over the world. Like, people are going to listen to them. Like, they're going to have to do it as a force. And they just, like, join these this force across the globe where they just, like, stand and, like, hold hands. And the, 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 um, the she got that idea from a commercial um, that she had saw as a child called, like, Hands Across America. And the, the hands were red or whatever, and it was supposed to be to, like, feed the homeless. But she turned it into, like, this big-ass tethered revolt, um, the tethered people revolt. And um, they just start going after everybody. Um, and that being said, at the end, like I said, the mom, Adelaide, you know, she kills the tethered mom. And they, you know, go back, they get in the car, and they basically drive off to the sunset. All these people are basically around them dead, dying, whatever, and I don't know where they thought they were about to go or where they drove or where they went to start a new life. They didn't say all that. They left a lot unanswered. I'm thinking there might be a sequel, although I hate sequels and me and Cree were talking about this, but we kind of need a sequel Um, because at the end, while they're driving and they're talking, you can see the sun kind of looking at Adelaide like, yeah, you... And there were a few times in the movie where he looked at her like this um, and basically was like knowing something was off. Um, so that being said, y'all, in the very beginning, I knew that Adelaide was actually the tethered little girl. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I knew it kind of early on because it just would have been too plain to let it be Oh, she just saw her and she ran and then she made it back to her parents. Like something had kind of told me inside, like, nah, these girls switch places and y'all just trying to make us wait to see. So as, as the movie went along, what made me realize it before even the end, because at the end, they make it very clear. Like at the end, they make it super clear that they have switched places. Okay. But the, the sad part or the, the crazy part is you don't know who to feel sorry for. You like they he pulls Jordan Peele pulls on your heartstrings because on the one end you're like okay this little girl ran away you know from her parents Adelaide when she was little she gets lost she meets this other little girl this other little girl basically essentially takes her life like she's like you won't take me with you I see that you're scared I this is my chance out of here like both of them wandered away both of them because they were f- reflections of each other. So as she was wandering in the in the untethered world or the you know the real world or whatever you want to call it, the other little girl was doing the same, and she basically made it made it seem like or said like you know me and you are special, like we met for a reason. There was a reason that we met on that night. Like I was, it was this was meant for me and this was meant for you. Except for in her mind, it was like well, initially I just wanted you to take me with you, but since you didn't. You gonna stay down here, and I'm gonna go ahead and live my new life. And as the movie progresses, you kind of figure that out. But for me, I kind of figured it out early on, only because based on some of the things she said. Like for example, when she was on the beach with the family, with um, they had this 
this uh, family, uh, other family of friends. It was like a mom and dad, two daughters, like two teenage daughters. And while they're, the mom and Adelaide were on the beach, they were talking, talking. The mom was just talking her head off. And so she asked her, like, you know, are you okay? Adelaide says, yeah, I'm good. It's just that sometimes I have a hard time talking. And I was like, bitch, that's the other lady. Like, it just immediately I felt that because, again, like I said, the other tethered people, they don't speak English. They just speak in, like, tones and voices. So they don't have a language. That's their language. They just speak in kind of, like, weird-ass sounds. So they don't really have a, um, a language that they speak. That is their language. So... When she said it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, she eventually learned English and learned how to talk. Because, like I said in the beginning, remember, she wasn't talking. Her parents thought it was because of shock. But then I realized she wasn't talking because she didn't know how. And she had to, like, learn how to be human, basically, um, after those years of not being. And so, um, that, that was one thing I caught. So, some of the things, as far as... What I feel like he was trying to show throughout the movie, I feel like he was trying to show that sometimes we are our worst enemy um, based on how the other, the tether were basically mirrors of the untethered, but it was like their worst fear. And um, one of the, the things that was kind of prevalent to me too was that, and I might be totally off base with this, but as far as the little the doppelganger or the red, the you know, the one that became the red mom. Um, it kind of, to me, was a subliminal message of people feeling entitled to things that don't necessarily belong to them or feeling a sense of privilege or feeling a sense of, I deserve this, so I'm going to take it. Because she essentially just took Adelaide's life and at some point convinced herself that, everything was a bad dream. Like, because she was so young, she had convinced herself, like, oh, I am her. And this was just a bad dream, and none of the other stuff really happened. Until she came face-to-face with her again and realized, like, oh, shit. (laughs) I took this lady's whole existence and whole life and made it mine because that's what I wanted, because I could. Not because I... You know, I don't want to say deserve because I think the tethered people, a part of their issue was they felt like we're not much different from you. Like we look like you, we breathe, we eat, la la la, but y'all just got it so much better than us, but we deserve that too. And y'all are ungrateful about it. So it was just so many, so, so many messages. It was so crazy. And one thing I'll say, because I could just go on and on and on, I, I definitely think there's more to unpack and I definitely think there could be a sequel. Um, I know I'm missing so many things because I just feel like I'm going on and on about the movie, but I'll say, um, (laughs) me and Cree was cracking up because (laughs) Cree was like, you know, really this movie is about badass kids and not listening to your parents. And I said, you better preach. You better preach Cree because if that little girl would have stayed where her mama told her to stay, when she said, do not move, you stay there. I don't care what your daddy do, what I do. I'm going to the bathroom. You stay your ass there. What she do? Walk her little bad butt away. And now you got a whole uproar and upturning of the world, the end of the world, because you could not stay your butt where your parents told you to stay. And that's why I'm terrified to have kids amongst other reasons, but they don't listen. So you done started a whole world revolt because if you would have just stayed where you was at, 
none of this would have been happening. So really this movie is about bad kids. Thank you, Jordan Peele. It's about disciplining your children better. It's about when you say you go into the bathroom and your kid talk back talking about, I don't have to go. You snatching them up and saying, well, you're going to sit, you're going to watch me pee or you're going to go or you're going to stand outside that stall. Because nobody want to hear about your opinion because look what you done did. Look what you done did. You done started a whole situation just because you didn't want to go to the bathroom with me. So, the movie really is about bad kids. I just want y'all to know, um, <laughs> besides all the other deep things going on. Um, that being said, I enjoyed seeing Lupita um, in a role that did not paint her pretty. Um, because when we look at her, we're so used to seeing her bold and brazen and beautiful and Lupita, very cl- elegant and classy. So I, the fact that she played this um, kind of horrific side of herself and this kind of uh, dismorphed um, version of herself where her eyes were kind of bugging and her hair was kind of unkept. <coughs> Excuse me, her hair was kind of unkept. And um, she just had... This total opposite of what we're used to seeing her like in daily life or in magazines or whatever. I just thought that was dope. And she really gave a great performance um, of what she was trying to portray. Like this other, whole other world and this whole other person. And it was like, wow, Lapita. She really reached in the depths. And that was really exciting to see. It was really nice to see her in that way. Although I'm not going to lie to y'all, I really did have... um, I'm not going to say I had nightmares. (laughs) That's why I don't like scary movies. I didn't have nightmares, but I definitely was, like, unpacking the movie in my mind throughout the night and, like, trying to figure out what I missed, what I didn't miss, and just thinking about her in that kind of uh, creepy role. I ain't going to say I didn't think about it a few times throughout the night, y'all, and I was not happy about it. I didn't wake up in no cold sweat or nothing, but that's why I don't play with scary movies. And when I do, I have to go see them in a group of people so that I have other people to cooperate my story when I feel like I'm feeling crazy or talking crazy or if something happened and I have to be like, do y'all remember this or do y'all remember this happening? And and somebody can be like, oh yeah, no, I remember that. And, and then I won't be feeling weird or lost. So that being said, I never go see scary movies alone. I always go, or horror movies or even think pieces that have anything to do with horror. I'm definitely going with a squad and I'm definitely not going by myself so overall there is so much more that I could say so many things I'm sure I'm missing um parts of it because I just really want y'all to see it and I want y'all to tell me what y'all thought and some of the um things that y'all picked out in the movie because I'm I'm definitely just not speaking on some of them uh just because I'm really interested in hearing what y'all have to say so again hit me up with your think pieces or you know Hit me up with what you thought, what what are some of the things that you picked out in the movie. Um, I'm skipping some significant things, like I know I am, um, and that's on purpose because I could just go on and on, um, but I want to hear what y'all think. So again, Tiffany, tune up, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, T-U-N-E-U-P at gmail.com. Now, for Tiffany's two cents, listen, two things I would like to discuss. I think I'm going to get into the one. The other one I might save for next week. So here's the thing. Scrolling across my feed timeline, entertainment timeline, whatever you want to call it, 
was one Mr. Black of the Kodak. Kodak Black, your favorite, non-favorite rapper. Um, He's in the headlines for allegedly, well, not allegedly because he said it, basically saying that he has a crush on Young M.A. We all know who Young M.A. is. She's a rapper. Uh, with the song, I'd be like, uh, ooh, something about some Henny and the... You call her Stephanie, I call her Hephany. Basically, at the end of the day, Young M.A. is interested in women. She is um, not heterosexual. She's not interested in men at all. And most people know this, including Kodak Black. Well, he's been making comments lately and making songs and lyrics about how he would like to be with Young M.A. or how he has a crush on her or whatever, and it's nothing wrong with saying you got a crush on somebody, even if they're not interested in you. Here's the problem I have with Kodak Black. He goes on to basically say, like, how you got female anatomy parts, but you don't want to have sex with a man. That rape, rapey shit, that rape culture shit, I'm not here for it at fucking all. Kodak Black... Mind you guys, he is standing trial or on his way to be standing trial for an alleged rape as we speak. So you probably shouldn't be talking about uh, women and their body parts and saying things like, yeah, basically, I know you're um, a lesbian. You don't like men. You're uninterested. But because you have a vagina, you should want to have sex with men and you should want to have sex with me because I have a crush on you. That's not how it works, sir. That's not how any of this works. And furthermore, if she was hetero, she obviously is not attracted to you in any way. And and, and and probably wouldn't be. If she did like men, you'd probably be the last one on her list. But the fact that you felt that it was okay. Um, I mean, I, y'all, I've been done with Kodak since... Uh, he made these comments about dark-skinned women and he don't like dark-skinned women. And it wasn't in a preferential way. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, my preference is yada, yada. It was like, I don't mess with them. Basically, like, we just ugly. Dark-skinned women don't have anything to offer the world kind of type of comment. Um, So I've been kind of done with him since then. But here he comes back around. I really hate that he's on one of my favorite songs with Bruno and Gucci. Like, I love that song. And, like, every time his part come on, I just have to, like, turn it off. And, yeah, he's still going to get his royalty checks or whatever. I get it. But it makes me mad that I can't enjoy that song without his dumb ass uh, coming on there and fucking it up for the rest of us. Um, but I, I just I just mentioned this story to say, and just in case you have any friends like this, or any, if you have any male friends, that think it's okay to joke about consent or women who aren't interested in them, whether it be lesbian or not, it's never okay to say something like, oh, well, you got a vagina, so you obviously must want to get hit in it. You obviously must want to have sex with a male because that's what vaginas are for. God forbid they be for anything else like reproducing life or, you know, belong to you in any way. Obviously, if you have one, it is solely for the purpose of male satisfaction. And there's no way that you can like women but still not want to be with me. I'm so tired of of, of um, the raggediness of some of you niggas. It's very disturbing that you would 
really be actively out here thinking those thoughts and saying those things and not understanding consent. And at some point, I think Young young M.A. addressed it, um, saying, like, you know, that's kind of weird that you keep saying that. Like, yo, I'm not interested in you. Like, chill on me, basically. And he comes back with comments like, oh, you know, I ain't really, you know, me now. I just want to be the homie. I just want to be, you know, in the cut. Like, I think Shorty's so cute. And when you ready, get at me. Like, holler at me when you ready. Ready for what, sir? For what? Did she not just explain to you that she's not interested and she does not even like men? She's not interested in dating men. She does not date men. So the fact that she addressed it and and, and let you know what was up and the fact that you still came back like, nope, you don't mean that. So whenever you don't mean that anymore, holla at your mans. Like, you entitled pompous ass, rapey ass. Like, I don't want to keep going down the line, but you're wrong as shit, Kodak Black. Um, You're not entitled to anybody's vagina just because they're a woman and you're a man and you feel like their sexual preference means nothing to you because they have a vagina that eventually you get to have it or a man is still entitled to it because she's a woman. Now, that's not how that works, sir. It's not how that works. Good luck on your rape trial. I, I don't wish bad on anybody. I don't wish evil on anybody. I hope that you didn't do whatever it is that you're being accused of doing. But based on these little actions, uh, it's not looking too good for you, homeboy. You're not looking too innocent, Ronnie's parts. You're definitely looking rapey as fuck. So, you know, I'm, hopefully you didn't just own the strength that you are a black man. I'll be the ignorant ass one, but you are one. And obviously, I don't want anything to happen to further than what's already happening to our community. I mean, if you're guilty, you guilty, go down. You know, I'm not one of those that be like, oh, free my nigga Mace. And Mace shot up the club. Like, no, no, don't free him. Put him away. Like, he's the one. Lock him up. <laughs> so I'm not going to ever... Um, excuse behavior because of the color of my skin. But I would, I really would hope, I hope that you're innocent. I hope you're not out here doing fuck shit. But based on these little allegations and based on this story between you, young and them, you and young and May, and you and basically imposing yourself and impeding yourself on her, whether she's a stud or not, whether she looks manly or not, you, whatever her preference is, like you wrong as shit. And that's just the bottom line. Call that black. Keep your creepy opinions to yourself. Keep your rapey ass comments to yourself. Um, and, and, and stop. If you know men, men, hold your friends accountable. If you, if this story came up and you talking to you, do, matter of fact, bring it up. Like, what you, you know, talk to your homeboy. Yo, what you think about that whole young and May, you know, uh, call that black situation. Him talking about she got to get hit or whatever. You know, what you think about that? If he say anything in other than that's trash and he need to go somewhere with that. If he say anything to the effect like, man, he right. I mean, you know, these studs out here, they be still... You probably want to unfriend that person on social media and in real life. They're not a good look for you, fam. And I guarantee you they're probably looking at your daughter or some creepy weird shit. So, that being said, Kodak Black, you've been canceled for me. Um, I never really liked you that much anyway. So, it was not hard for me to cancel you. Um, but cut the shit. Nobody, nobody's body belongs to anybody but themselves. You're not entitled to anybody's body because you're attracted to them or you think they're cute. And the fact that you're like, oh, when you ready, bitch, did you not hear that she don't even like dudes? Are you, are you high, high? Probably. We talking about Kodak Black, but you know what I'm saying. Um, 
So that really ruffled my feathers. So if you got people in your camp, in your circle, that think like that, I promise you, I don't want to mess with you. Like, at that point, like, let me know so I won't mess with you if you don't amend the type of company that you're keeping. Because that just turns into so many problematic things. Kodak, you can keep them shits to yourself. You need help. Probably therapy. Y'all know how I feel about therapy. Somebody tell him I said make his way. He got enough money. He can see whoever he needs to see. Um, and get the help that he needs. And, um, you know, good luck and trial, sir. Um, because you're going to need it. That's for sure. That being said, y'all, I love y'all. Um, you can hit me up, Tiffany Tuna, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, T-U-N-E-U-P at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, um, scenarios. If you have something you want me to say anonymously for you, um, please let me know so in the comments. If you want advice on something, definitely send me an email. Love you guys, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.